And the dynamic that I think still shows up that's more so on myself is when you've worked with someone so closely for so long that was so successful in so many different ways, there's this paradox of, do I need to be successful just like they were? <laughs> or am I gonna have to do things totally different and way uncomfortable to most people in order to see success into the future? Welcome to the Business Transition Roadmap. My name is Elizabeth Ledoux, and through my years, I have seen how communities thrive when business succession and transition are done well. Me and my team at the Transition Strategists have been helping business owners develop and implement transition strategies for over 30 years. And on this show, we want to help you by giving you the roadmap to a healthy business transition. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Business Transition Roadmap. Um, today, I'm so happy to welcome Kyle Reckia here with, um, with us. He is the CEO of The Perfect Workout, and I have had the opportunity to get to know him over the past, oh gosh, year or so, maybe, I don't know, coming on two now. And... Um, just really appreciate some of the work that he's done in becoming CEO of his company um, that he's with and also in walking through the concept of being a successor in that role, right? And so I thought that this would be a great podcast to have Kyle join us and share a little bit about himself and about his story. So Kyle, tell us a little bit about your journey getting to where you are today. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on, Elizabeth. Uh, I love the work that you do, and I get a lot of value and have gotten a lot of value out of our relationship and friendship here. So, Thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, I'm uh, currently serving in the CEO role of The Perfect Workout. We're a nationwide personal training company. Uh, we've got 74, 75 locations right now and continue to look into expansion. Um, <clears throat> I've been a part of the company for 10 years, actually, last month. And I started with The Perfect Workout as a part-time personal trainer, uh, believe it or not. Um, but so at that time we had 20 locations or so the company was much smaller, but we were on sort of a rapid growth period and plan. And so, yeah, over that decade, I've been able to serve in a lot of different roles and, uh, right around, I guess it was COVID, um, right around 2020 at that time I was serving in the COO role and running operations and, uh, still dipping my feet in a lot of different areas, including marketing and our founder at the time, President Matt Hedman, uh, was looking to step back a little bit, getting more into that sort of visionary integrator type role. Um, so we did that for a year or so into COVID until it really fully transitioned full time into the visionary CEO role. And Matt moved over into the sort of um, founder, I would say, kind of part time role. Yeah. And um yeah, that's an interesting time when that happens, right? Because there's who's going to be in that, in the, who's going to replace him? How is that going to happen? All of those things. And, and what a great story starting out as a part-time trainer, moving all the way up to CEO. It's like, uh, yeah, that's sort of, you know, one of those fairy tale textbook kind of things where you go, it, it is possible and it does happen. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I feel blessed to have found the right company and thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and, you know, walk all the way up. So that's a, that's a cool story. So, um, as you 
walked through that part. And as he decided that maybe he wanted to let go a little bit, um, how, how was that being that successor and walking through that with him? Like what, what was the experience there? Yeah, it, it had a lot of challenges, you know, and no judgment to myself or Matt or the business. It's, um, I think looking back, you hope on paper that successions are a lot more uh, detail planned and <laughs> strategized and <laughs> and probably many times in reality, you know, some of you people can attest to this, Elizabeth, it's like, wow, we're kind of getting, we're kind of getting to these new places because of necessity or friction or maybe burnout or whatever the case may be. So um, each each new dynamic, when I really moved into the president role and he was CEO and we were going to have this sort of visionary integrator, we both run the business. That was, that had a lot of challenges. Um, and I think those challenges over the next year or so is what really pushed us into the space of, you know, we're going to move Kyle into the CEO role. I'm going to really kind of be the owner and founder of the business and let Kyle take charge here. And the dynamic that I think still shows up that's more so on myself is when you've worked with someone so closely for so long, that was so successful in so many different ways. There's this paradox of, do I need to be successful just like they were? (laughs) Or am I going to have to do things totally different and way uncomfortable to most people in order to see success into the future? And I think that's where we continue to just find balance and conversations in those areas. Yeah. So, so I think what I heard is with you in the CEO or him in the CEO role and you potentially in the present president's role and you were trying to um, almost co-lead what I would read into that potentially is there was um, some overlap maybe on some or not or non-clarity could be overlap, Mm non-clarity of roles, responsibilities and that kind of thing, or there could be some stepping on toes a little bit. some challenges that go on and then that it was cleaner having the separation of the roles. Yeah. So you learned that along the way, along that journey. Yeah, exactly. I would, I, you know, we're three, three plus years in and um, at this point it really feels like he and I meet once a month for, you know, a few hours. Otherwise uh, he doesn't meet with anybody else, you know? And so I feel like I have control, autonomy, decision-making and agency and we've got to the point where we really fully both agree on here's where we need to be in alignment before decisions made, but everywhere else, you know, you can take that judgment call, but it took a long time to, it took a long time to get to that place, I think. So what are some of the things that you think happened that helped the two of you gain, get to that place? It would be gain trust, right? What, what are some of the things that happened that worked? Yeah, you're right. I think um, gain trust is a big one. I mean, there's some tactical things that we went through, like, okay, let's use some of the tools that exist, like a decision-making document, and these sorts of things. Um, coming together and starting to build an outline and agenda of like, okay, how are we going to talk about strategic initiatives, which metrics are important, which things matter. Those, those frameworks and tools have helped. But most importantly, to your point, really building trust because as you know, running an organization requires so much perspective. And 
I think when somebody's moving into a role where they're just going to naturally have less and less perspective, if you have that and you have too much control, then what you're left with is just friction and roadblocks and things like that. So the only way to really move into that area was trust. Yeah. So, so as the owner, so as the owner moves out and has less um, connection, right. Less perspective on what's happening day to day. Um, if they keep control and they try to do that, then that was what that probably erodes a lot of trust anyway, but it's pretty hard um, to run the company like that. Yeah. And at the same time, I agree. And at the same time, I've had to really learn to appreciate it's been sort of a double-edged sword or <laughs> almost a paradox <laughs> of like, okay, I've got to be um, confident and uh, and, and, and really charge the ways into the direction I think we're going, but also I don't own the company. You know, it's, if you run a publicly traded company, you're not really the only person that has a say in how the company goes. If, you know, if there's a board, if there's a single owner operator, et cetera, in the CEO role, I'm not the, I'm not the owner. And so that's an important dynamic for myself to remember is that it's important to create that dynamic and that trust and all the risk is not on me. Right. And so there's going to be areas where we have to get alignment and I'm going to have to do the harder work, so to speak, to get alignment in those areas and not just say, well, why can't I just make all the calls myself and you leave me alone? You know? Yeah. So there's that respect piece that goes on both directions. Yes. That's right. And then, and then there's the piece of, um, you know, majority ownership, minority ownership and kind of thinking through that because, you know, the risk side of it, I mean, I think there's risk thinking of it like an owner, there is risk and no matter what level of an owner you are. And then, um, and then understanding though, too, that as a successor, even if, even if you weren't to have ownership in the company, right. The asset, um, that you do have risk in your position, your job, um, the well-being of your family, all of those different things right. as well. So you definitely want right. to do a great job. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because there was this dynamic that showed up that I didn't really expect, which was when you're both constantly approving every single thing, it makes it easier for someone in my shoes to really go, well, I'm just going to throw a bunch of ideas out there and really the risk is on both of us and we'll have to get into alignment you know, where the last year and a half, two years, it's gotten to the point of, hey, I might give you some ideas, Kyle. I might give you some musings or some perspective of the past, but it's your call. That moved myself into a whole new paradigm of, wow, I, do I really want to do this? You know, and what are the risks? And because it's really more on you at that point. So it's you take more ownership on your when ownership's given to your point. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's sitting on your shoulders and it's, um, you know, you feel that you feel that, and you feel responsible, I think in those, in that position to all of the employees and all the people that you serve and the the business serves. So definitely, um, that could be, uh, I don't know the word, but kind of a little bit of an awakening of a different feeling 
um, that you didn't have before when you could share responsibility right. and be like, yeah, he decided it. <laughs> right. It was just an idea right. that we talked about and it was his decision over there versus no, I exactly. need that decision. I'm responsible. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of an interesting concept. And I think that that's a migration, you know, if you think about the roadmap and the journey and all of that, so far we've talked about you coming from being a part-time person all the way up to being, you know, earning your way up and then being COO to then being president, co-president CEO, which was co-management in a way that was a right. step to say, Oh, you know, let's give this a try probably on his side and your mm -hmm. side. Let's see if we can do that. And then, um, I call that part, the goofy dance where you're both leading and you're both following. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't work very well. It's like, Hey, why don't yeah. we both lead and let's both follow. And you don't know who's doing which steps. So, um, then you grew through that. Right. Grew through that, which some people wouldn't have. Some people would have, that would right. have been the failure point, but you grow through that, move into CEO and then chairman of the board or whatever, owner, founder. Right. Um, and then even at that point, you were probably still making some choices together, but now he's saying year, year and a half ago, it's all on you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how does yeah, that make you feel to go through that? You know, it's, it's, um, in a lot of ways I feel blessed. I think that when you're in those moments, you're like, gosh, I wish it could be different or easier, so to speak. And yet, you know, every day in the power of hindsight, it's like, wow, if I hadn't gone through these sort of learning curves and these different experiences, you know, it wouldn't have built my character or my perspective or my resources in the way that they have and, th and that they are now. And so, and at the same time, it's helped prepare me for this space that, you know, if I go back a few years and I think, man, I wish I could just sort of be in the CEO role with full ownership and really drive this business forward for all stakeholders, right? The, the members, the employees, um, the people that own the business, then life would just be bliss. <laughs> and then on this side of it, I'm sitting here like, as you know, at the future, it's like, wow, there's a lot of options. Do you maximize profitability? Do you invest in growth? What does growth look like? And, I didn't sort of anticipate that level of um, decision-making and uh, and it, I think it, it's been useful to have gone through those um, transitions the way that we did. They could have been smoother. We could have had a better roadmap and more better articulated what we wanted. That's something we didn't do. We just fell into them, um, but they've been useful nonetheless. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, lessons learned along the way. So as I want to kind of dig around a little bit in the, being the successor, because, you know, you mentioned that it, it isn't, it isn't easy to be there and it's a pretty high learning curve. Um, there's yeah. a high learning curve for the person transitioning, of course, right. Cause they're moving from being integrated all the time and making choices and decisions to not being integrated. Um, for you right. though, you're staying and going through that. So, um, what's that learning curve like? How hard was it? Um, pretty hard, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I've had a lot of great resources I, I, I lean into. You know, I'm a part of Vistage, which you and I are both a part of. 
um, which has yeah. been really important. Um, I, I have leaned into, I've, I've continued to take a lot of courses and certification courses through like Harvard Business School online and MIT and these sorts of things, because it dawned on me, if you really want to do this and do this well, you're not only going to need mentors like our founder and people that have done some of these things and peer groups, but you're going to have to stretch yourself and your learning um, and not just get too comfortable. So that's added to the plate, so to speak. But I also think that those resources and being really open to, I've got a lot to learn here and I need to dive into that, um, have added more good than just busyness, if that makes sense, to the process. Yeah. And did you did you end up doing that? Um, that was probably over and above the normal job because you had a lot to do with the at the office. Yeah. You had a lot right. to do there. So, yeah. 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 So over and above kind of almost getting some more, yeah. Certifications, degrees, education, all of those things to keep that learning going. Right. And I think that, that, that happened in a more profound way whenever I did start to feel like this is on me, if that makes sense. Um, so one of, you know, it was an important sort of epoch in time to say, <laughs> Hey, I no longer feel like we're doing this together. I feel like, the future of this organization is in my hands and that level of um, ownership and, and concern and, <laughs> and, you know, excitement, et cetera, is what's driven like, okay, let's, let's go after this and do what we need to do to, to learn and grow. Yeah. And since you've taken over as CEO, um, you've had some good growth in the company. Yes. We have, we have, you know, especially, it hasn't been easy on fitness businesses through COVID. Um, many of them True. struggled. Yeah, et cetera. So we've um, we continue to grow very healthily. We've we, last year we opened. We were at sixty two physical studio locations about a year ago, and right now we're at seventy four, seventy five, and we're opening another ten or so in the next two to three months. Uh, Revenue is growing. Net operating income is growing. Um, so we've got some big ambitious goals in, in our industry and who we want to become, but things have gone really well the last few years. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And that, and that's just, um, yeah, validation that what you're doing is really paying off. Yep. What you're doing is great. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you too, for, you know, the engagement that you took sometimes. Um, I think successors think that, you know, especially when they have the opportunity that, that they get the opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of, a lot of engagement that comes on the successor side to not only earn that spot, but also to continue to earn the spot. Um, right. cause ultimately, yeah, ultimately companies can go and sell to a third party at some point in time. Um, but sometimes they also transition to employees as well. And, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that opportunity is great if you're in your shoes. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a big responsibility. And I think that, you know, it can be easy to slip into moments of like, well, I've earned this or I deserve this, or I can do a great job. Just give it to me, et cetera. Um, <laughs> yeah. but as we all know, you know, business is complex, you know, the economic environment and is it complex. And so, Getting into that role, I hope that people appreciate, and I've learned to appreciate more and more that it's not going to be easy. There's a reason the transition is happening. It's that somebody needs to come in with 
I hope I can word it this way, more energy, more excitement, more willpower, you know, um, and more desire to learn and to push and do the hard things because that's what the organization needs and deserves versus, Hey, just hand me this role. And, you know, thank you. So to speak. Absolutely. And I'd love, I just want to, you know, ping the listeners who are people who are transitioning. Cause one of the things that I hear all the time is, you know, I've got the successor and they're pushing and they, you know, and it's a little uncomfortable because they're sort of making the owner founder, right. The person who's going to transition a little bit uncomfortable because this business right. is running okay and it's just fine. And so there's a, there's usually a tension there between that. And I think it's important for the transitioners to know that you want somebody who's going to take it to the next level. Usually that's the idea, right? right? Continue where exactly. you left off. Yeah. It's yeah. a good thing. I agree. Um, and if, and if it, and if they don't, and it's appropriate for whatever situation that they don't, that's good to articulate because, you know, the person coming into those, that role needs to understand what's expected of them. True. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you're going to come in and run it just like I've run it all the time, right? We're <laughs> right. not going to grow, right? Yes. Status quo just is good. It. <laughs> just, right. That's it. That's what we want to do versus, yeah. hey, let's double this, right? I'm giving right. you the reins to go for it. And I think that there's, yeah, there's a, a transition in that from one to the other. But yeah, the idea of just, um, yeah, what does that person expect from the mm -hmm. person who's coming in? So, um when you wanted to do that and you were pushing, right, and wanting that, how did it feel to Matt, your owner, founder? Yeah, that's that? a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure it was a mix of excitement and um, anxiety, you know, and, uh, I, you know, I... I have put a lot of pressure, I think, on Matt since I've known him, you know, because I'm excited and passionate about the business. I also have a world of respect for him and I've learned so much from him. So on one side, I think, I think it created, you know, naturally. So this dichotomy between I'm excited to have someone like Kyle with his energy and his passion and also anxiety. Like some of these ideas like, aren't going to work. And <laughs> I've tried some of these things or I see the world this way and I'm not quite sure I understand how he sees the world. And, um, so I don't know if there's one feeling. I'm sure it's been a lot of feelings for Matt, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when you look when you look at your uh, moving into this position and into this role and into the place that you are today, what what happened or what did you do? What did Matt do? What kinds of things did you try? Um what didn't work? in this, mm. what would you go back and go, man, I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> that was yeah, a bad idea. That's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, this probably comes up often, but I think one of the most interesting dynamics when somebody's taking the role that I've taken is what do we do about ownership, compensation, equity, that sort of stuff. Um, and when he and I started getting into that stuff, it took a long time. There was a lot of frustration. Um, some good heated debate, so to speak, and uh, some research, et cetera. And so, you know, with the power of hindsight, I think looking back, we would have been like, okay, we're going to make this transition. And the first thing we need to really do is find some good information, a mediator and tools for setting what's going to happen with compensation and all this sort of stuff. 
um, at what level of ownership, what does that look like? You know, what does he want? What does this other person want? And um, cause that took a lot to fumble through. Once we really got through that, um, we landed in a place where I had more stake in the game. And I think that's one of the things that propelled us faster towards, okay, you've got more stake and ownership in this. We've been working together a long time. I'm losing some perspective on some of these things and don't want to be as involved or a bottleneck. So let's just look at the high level decisions we need to make together or not, and then go, you know, move forward. So that was the biggest learning curve was, and I'm sure if I'm thinking about if I were to move into some other business tomorrow and, and then also transitioned over time into the CEO role, the first thing I'd bring up is let's get this part figured out, you know, the ownership equity type financial, the financial piece. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, because with you having with you having a runway of um, some upside, right? Some ability right. to um, enjoy, I'll say, enjoy some of the hard work and the growth. Yeah, yeah. That it wasn't exactly. only benefiting him, but benefiting you also. Um, right. That makes a big difference in how you feel and right. what kind of engagement you have. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel the risk, you know, when I think of some, we come up with some big strategy, it's like, Oh, let me make sure this risk is worth it to me because I've got downside too. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's hard, especially if an owner wants to stay and continue to operate, you know, continue to own the company um, because they're not Mm -hmm. done yet. They're not done with the, whatever that journey is Their Their vision isn't complete. Uh, I think that's hard sometimes for them to say, um, you know, I'm going to share this or I'm going to work with someone else and again, either make decisions together or turn it over to them for those decisions, which is all part of that journey. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I think that we still face, which is an interesting dynamic, and I don't know how often you see this, Elizabeth, is... And this is what I'm about to say might be just a luxury, (laughs) but for someone in my role, the future is still unknown. You know, it's uh, at one, at some point in time, if the founder wants to move on from the business and um, is there a timeline? What does that timeline look like? And how do you want to prep the business for that? As far as total growth, profitability, focus on, you know, revenue or margins or, uh, market share, et cetera, those things get kind of complex too. And so on one side, it's been, I sort of am okay with that because I like the dynamic of going, cool, I need to learn about a lot of this and figure out what would work best as if I just own the company, if that makes any sense. And on the other side, I'm sure there's a lot of scenarios where it's like, if I really knew here's the next three years, five years, six years, and these are the expectations, um, it can expedite some of the strategic concepts and, you know, ideas there. Yeah. Yeah. So just having some kind of a vision of what, what ownership looks like, where that company's going as far as asset ownership, right. And how long, how long people are going to hang in there as owners, because really the, you know, if you look at it, there's the choice to keep, to stay invested Right. That's the right. ownership piece. So you choose to stay invested or not can be a successor choosing if it's going well, they stay. If it's not, they don't. Um, sure. So ownership investment, then there's decision making kind of board role, which 
you're doing that together. Those are those decisions where you say, Hey, let's get together and we'll make those choices. Um, right. And then there's you executing in the job level. So I always think in three levels, investment, board decision making, then CEO job day to day. I love that. Yeah. 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 And many times, at least what I see is small businesses don't separate those, especially if the owner's mm -hmm. alone, you know, if they don't have partners, um, part of the, part of the journey that you went through is the unpacking of him moving <laughs> from day to day board owner, hundred percent in all to right. sharing each level. Right. right. Slowly sharing each level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really great. So anything else that you would look back and say, Hey, um, that didn't work very well. I wouldn't do that again. Well, you know, and, and I've actually spoken with you about this and, um, I, Matt had done a lot of research on transitions and future transition planning and things like that with some different people and teams. But uh, he did that on his own, really. And so if I could go back in time, that's all, we would have done that stuff together. And if nothing else, uh, because it would be easier to then not have sort of knowledge gaps and um, build stories in my mind, you know, like, here's what he's thinking, here's what he's learned. Or maybe, he's, maybe he doesn't care about this, and that's why he's not interested, even though it's like, oh, he's already gone through that process, et cetera. So I think it might not only be black and white, you know, maybe you work with, founders and owners that are like, I'm not sure who's going to take over and I need to do a lot of this work by myself. And at the same time, I think the sooner you can pull that successor in and say, we're going to work through these things together. That's something I would have done differently. Great. Yeah. And you, everybody has their, it's sort of, you know, well, you know, I think in journeys and it, he's been going and you've been going and, um, there is work that is done prior to, but at some point in time in the negotiation and in the successor role and transitioner, you have to merge together. And I think of it as being on a highway, right? And mm -hmm. if you're going at different rates and he has a bigger car than you do, right? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, pretty soon you need to get in the same car. Right? That's right. No point in having two. So yeah. And you're going at the same rate and, and moving down the highway together. And, um, yeah. And you always bring in the baggage of pre mm -hmm. prior knowledge and um, preconceived ideas or thoughts about, you know, how it would fit in your life and what you want. And that's right. part of the communication also is literally it's so uncomfortable to open up and, mm -hmm. to, and to say, you know, this is the life I want. This is what right. I want. Um, because you are, uh, it's a time when you don't want to be too selfish as far as, you know, well, I want this and I'm not going to give at all, but it's a time to openly talk about mm -hmm. what you want, because if you don't openly talk about what you want, the likelihood of you getting it is low to none. Um, that's right. Yeah. And, and why not? Why not? Yeah, that's a good point. I think I had a lot of, um, insecurities in myself, some imposter syndrome and some, even some moments of, like you said, saying, Hey, I don't want to be too selfish here. So maybe I can push this much and that'll be right. And then, you know, you go down the journey a little bit longer and you're like, actually it's this. And because it is more complex and I feel like it is more valuable. And then you go down the journey a little longer and it happens again. And 
that brings frustration to both parties because it's like, I thought we worked through this or I thought this happened. And so to your point, you know, if I could go back years and have some coaching on, this is going to be a challenging transition. And what you're going to have to do is really, really do your best to understand what do I want for myself, my family in the next five to 10 years, you know, or three to four years or 35 years, whatever the case may be, and put that on the table sooner versus trying to just nibble away at it. Um, that gets challenging. Yeah. It is challenging. And if you can get it on the table, get it negotiated, have it out, um, and do that. Uh, and I, you know, just for the listeners, um, there's the idea of writing down all of your objectives for both of you and then sharing Mm -hmm. them. That's, that's one of the things that we do in our work is literally do a deep dive into what is, what do both sides want? And then you transpose you share them and you know ask questions of each other and i think that that if you get that on the table early what happens is is you are you don't have anything else you really want you got a majority of it you may not get all of it but you got hopefully what was important to you and then it's easy to engage because you're not thinking oh you know i wish i would have asked for i wish i would have or you know they got this and i don't like it that kind of thing. That just <laughs> right. is distracting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It slows things down a lot, you know, because you're not going to come together and then go, oh, well, we'll just solve it in 30 minutes. Yeah. No, nope, doesn't do that. Right. So, um, okay. So we are at our time and it went really fast. Um, Kyle, thank you so much. And I always, I want to ask one last thing. Um, just what would be one thing from today and our time together that you would want our listeners to remember and leave with that would be a great nugget for them. Hmm. Well, I think this is going to be cliche and maybe you get this a lot, but uh, what comes to mind is be really, really intentional about the transitions and um, because hope is not a strategy. <laughs> and I think, you know, at the end of the day, the whole business, the, the all the stakeholders everybody want and deserve for this to go really, really well. And so really, you are on the same side of the table, whether you think you are or you aren't. And uh, so, yeah, if you can get in there and be really intentional about the pieces that are going to make this successful versus, you know, maybe like, oh, we'll kind of figure this out as we go then you're going to set yourself up for success, which sets the, the you know, not to sound too grandiose, but sets the rest of the world up for success and the impact your business has on it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Well, gosh, again, thank you for your time today. And thank you for being here and for being so open and sharing your thoughts and ideas and journey with us. Just appreciate you so much. And um, yeah, congratulations on all the work and all the success. It's amazing. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And thank you. You bet. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Business Transition Roadmap. If you are listening to this and you find yourself wanting to go deeper into these topics and start the process of putting together your transition strategy, I'd love to offer you a free initial strategy session with my team, where we'll help you to explore the future transition of your business. Head over to www.transitionstrategist.com to schedule a call. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Business Transition Roadmap.